Be turning in your Bibles to uh, Matthew chapter 21. We're going to be reading in verse 12. Matthew chapter 21, verse 12. And Jesus went into the temple of God and cast out all of them that sold and bought in the temple and overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves and said unto them, It is written, My house shall be called the house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he healed them. I titled the message this morning, The House of Prayer. You know, the one thing that I want to kind of focus on this morning is is this church. And, you know, I'm not always talking about the building when I'm talking about the church. I'm talking about the, the body of people that are here. But the question that really weighs on my mind is, do people look at this church and say, there are people there that pray and know how to get in touch with God. That That is the very core belief or the core ideal of what this message is about today. Do people look at us and know that, that this is a house of prayer? You know, that, that, that's the desire of my heart that people would look at us and know that this is a place they can turn when they need prayer in their life. I remember when my dad was alive, as a kid going to church there, that people would give testimony. And they would say that so-and-so came to me and, and asked us to pray. And the reason why they came to us, it would be people that don't even come to our church. And they would say the reason they asked me to have the church pray is that because they know this church prays. And they know that when this church prays that, that things happen. Now that is something important to people. Let me, know, let me tell you something that when people know that you're praying for them and then they see things happen, that builds their faith. Because they know that that that, that wasn't just idle words when you told them hey, I'm going to be praying for you. You know, people sometimes throw that around and it kind of becomes a cliche, hey, I'm going to be praying for you. And and it doesn't mean a whole lot. But when you look somebody in the eyes and, and you really mean that you're going to be praying for them, people can sense that. <clears throat> you know, if this building is going to be known for anything, it should be known as a house of prayer. I don't want anyone to think that we're doing anything else here uh, that might be worldly or anything else, but the main thing I want them to know is that we are a praying group of believers. You know, people in the world look for evidence of what you claim to be. When... 
I, I believe that when we talk to people, that we need to be speaking faith and prophecy to them. Now listen, let me explain something to you about being a prophet. You know, Elijah was a prophet. There were many other prophets in the Bible. Jeremiah, there's, there's a whole bunch. But prophecy is not just telling somebody what's going to happen in the future. Prophecy is, is telling somebody what they may not realize, what may be right in front of their face. But listen, when, when the Spirit moves upon you and you tell somebody, listen, I'm going to be praying for you, you, you need to be speaking faith into them. Because a lot of times people that need prayer do not have the faith they need. But when you tell somebody, listen, I'm going to be praying for you, and you need to expect to see something happen. Don't Listen, don't go to God not knowing what to expect. Now, if you know anything about God, you ought to know that you can go to God and, and ask the desires of your heart and expect to receive them. That is what the Word tells you. Why would you believe something different? You know, there, there is a, a big disconnect with people today. For, I don't know what caused it. But there is this belief somehow that God doesn't want to give me everything I pray for. There, there is this weird belief that tells people that God doesn't hear everything I ask for. And there's only special occasions where God answers prayers. I want to tell you this morning, I want to encourage you and let you know that God answers your prayer. God hears every prayer that you pray to Him. You know, there are certain conditions that have to be met in order for prayers to be answered the way you think they ought to be answered. God is not in the business of answering your prayers the way you think He should. I want to clear that up this morning. <clears throat> you know, I told you that people of this world look for evidence of what you say you are. What kind of thing is evident to the people in this area about this church? I don't know. You know, I'm a... Sometimes I don't associate with a lot of people in this area because I don't work here and you know I don't really get out much. So I don't know what it what it is, what kind of perception the people in this community have of us. I don't know what they think about us. But that should be a concern that we have. What it what if they're thinking something about us that's not what we want them to think? What if they don't Look at us. You know, it may be the case that some people don't even think about us. If you were to go to someone in this community and mention the name of our church, how many of them would say, well, where is that at? That might be a problem. You know, we <clears throat> there's going to come a time when they're going to know who we are. But I want to make sure that people know the right things about us. Now listen, I'm not a people pleaser. I'm not one of those kind of people that wants to just tell you everything that makes you feel good. 
I, don't, I could really care less if people have uh, this wrong ideal about us when I know I'm doing right. But me knowing that I'm doing right and putting forth the right testimony to people is important. Because I know if I'm putting the right foot out, if people are seeing the right things about me and about this church and about everyone that's in it, people are going to know this is a house of prayer. Now, listen, there's a lot of times that we come into this place that we don't get up in the mornings and pray like we should, that that we come here unprepared for what is going to happen. That needs to change. You know, I've been in churches before that were obvious, obviously a house of prayer. I attended one church one time that, and you know, I'm, I'm not big on trying to mimic everything another church does, but I thought this really, it really stuck with me. It was something real memorable about this church because I'd never seen it before, but they they had the prayer request time and Everybody had mentioned their prayer request. Well, when it was done, when it was time to pray, everybody came down and they prayed over these prayer requests. Now, that that told me right there that these people, even though at this time did not have a pastor, that's a house of prayer. Well, you know when you have a need. Listen, I don't believe anybody would get up and come down here and just sit and wait till everybody else got done. No, they come down there and prayed, man. There, there was something in their heart, a desire to see needs met. Needs met. <clears throat> that kind of prayer is important. You need to expect results from your prayers. Why do you go to God and pray and ask Him for something if you're not expecting to see it happen? What's the point? You know, my I think also when you tell somebody that you're going to be praying, you need to let them know that you expect to see something happen. You know, the Word tells us that faith comes from hearing the Word of God. People that need faith need to hear the Word. You know, that doesn't just mean they need to come to church and hear preaching. That Word can be from you. But if you don't have the Word in you and you're not speaking to people, they won't hear it. So sometimes it's up to you to build up other people's faith. God wants to do wondrous things to and through His people. I want you all to remember that statement. God wants to do wondrous things to and through His people. Sometimes we get this attitude about God that we kind of draw this mental picture of Him like He's some uncaring thing, like He's just up there moving puppet strings around and and really doesn't care about your circumstances or anything in your life. But that's not the way God is. That's not how my God is. My God is concerned about everything. The Word tells us that He's concerned about 
every bird, every little animal. He's concerned about everything. Now, when you go to a God like that in prayer, and you know that in your heart that He's concerned about the things you say. He's concerned about the desires of your heart. Why would you go to Him not expecting to see something happen? You know, when my kids come to me and they they ask me for something, I don't always give it to them. Sometimes the answer is no. But because I tell them no, that does not hinder them from coming to me again and asking for something. That doesn't change their belief in me as far as what I will do for them. In fact, ten minutes later, they're probably going to ask me for the same thing again. Now, I'm not trying to tell you to pester God, but the point is is that sometimes even after I've said no, sometimes I still give it to them. Because I know that is a desire of their heart. That's not always the best thing. You know, God is perfect and when He says no, that's because He knew that was the right thing for you. He may still give it to you later on if you keep bugging Him. He may say, okay, go ahead and have it. You'll pay for it in the end, but the point is that God is concerned about you. He cares about you. You need to... Go to God sure of what to expect. Don't go to God unsure of what He's going to do. When you know what His Word says, you know what kind of things you can expect from God. When He's told you that He will do a certain thing in His Word, you can believe that He's going to do it. Matthew 13.58 says that Jesus could do nothing in His hometown. Why? Because of their unbelief. says He could do no mighty work there because of their unbelief. How many times have you prayed for somebody and you didn't have the faith to see that thing through? Because you didn't really go to God expecting He was going to do it. I promise you. I'm not going to tell you today that God will just give you every little whim that you have. He's not just going to give you money and and everything just because you decide you want it. But I promise you, when you go to God believing that He'll do it, and you pray and ask Him for something, no matter how petty it may seem, no matter how small and insignificant or how big and, and, and major it is in your life, I guarantee you, when you've got the faith to believe, God's going to answer your prayer. When you believe that that prayer is there for a reason, that is your communication with God. That is the the only form of communication you have with God. It's there for a reason. Prayer is our lifeline. You know, I... When I thought about that, and y'all probably think this is funny, but I used to like to watch the Batman and Robin show on TV. And it was real goofy, you know. It was, especially now looking back at it, it seems real silly. But Batman gave the mayor of the city this big red phone. And 
Batman would call the mayor or the mayor would call him on this phone. That was the only means of communication between them. And you know, I remember seeing that phone. It would light up red and and they'd run to it and answer it. And they knew when that phone rang that that was Batman on the other end. How many of y'all have a big red bat phone in your house? Now by that I mean, what is your method of communication with God? Listen, that, that phone that the mayor would call Batman, he didn't call Batman to chit-chat. He didn't call Batman just to see how he was doing for the day. No, that was, that was the way he got in touch with Batman when there was some serious problems. That was his lifeline. Y'all need to make sure that you understand what it means to communicate with God. You need to make sure that when before times get rough, before, you know... They didn't wait until there was a problem to figure out we need some way to get a hold of Batman. They, they put that in place beforehand. Before there was problems, they knew how to get in touch with him. They didn't have to go look his phone number up. They knew how to get in touch with Batman. Do you know how to get in touch with God? When there is a problem, are you already prepared for the, the way that you should get in touch with him? You know, there. I, I can't lay out any any better formula for you this morning other than the Lord's Prayer, the one that Jesus laid out. I think it would behoove you to examine that. You know, sometimes we, you know, I, I memorized it when I was in Sunday school. But sometimes we uh, don't think about those things too much. But I promise you, if you'll examine that, there is a a formula for how you ought to talk to God. I'm not going to go through all of that this morning, but I think you ought to take the time to read it again. You'll look and notice, you'll see that He starts with praise. You'll see that He repents of his sins. You'll see that he asks for the desires of his heart. And you'll see that he ends up with praise. Now there's a reason for doing that. Jesus didn't just tell us that prayer to be some cute little thing kids could learn in Sunday school. No, there was a reason for it. You know, I'm a firm believer that you ought to talk to God like you'd talk to your parents or or somebody else. And listen, the reason why I say parents and not your best friend is because I believe there's a certain amount of respect that ought to be there. Now you can talk to God about anything. You can talk to God openly. But as we said in the Sunday school lesson this morning, I think a lot of people have forgot what it means to fear God. And listen, I've heard people say over and over that when it says fear God in the Bible, that just means respecting. I don't think that's what it means. I think it means you ought to fear God. Because if you look in the Old Testament, that God that was in the Old Testament hadn't changed. 
And there were times when he would just slap somebody down. There were times when he just had had enough and would just kill somebody. He, he is a God of wrath. That doesn't mean He's not a God of love also. This is the age of grace. This is a time period when His wrath is held back because of one thing, because of the shed blood of Jesus Christ. This is your opportunity to get things right. So when I go to God in prayer, I don't go to God with attitude. I don't go to God saying, God, just give me what I want because I know who I am and you owe it to me. No, I don't go to God like that because I promise you I fear God. I know if I had that kind of attitude, God would probably correct me. But that brings us to the next point. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 16. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. Now that almost sounds like it contradicts what I just said. But I want you all to understand something. We can come to God boldly expecting to see an answer to our prayer. Boldly does not mean arrogance. Boldly means that when my kids come and ask me something, they have a certain boldness about it. They're not timid. Nowhere in the Bible will you find that God told us to be timid. Now Jesus was meek, but He wasn't timid. He was humble, but He wasn't ashamed of who He was. Listen, we're children of God. Understand what that means. And I've told you this before. We are His children. He is concerned and He cares about us. When my kids come to me, they're not afraid to ask me for anything. You know, that's how we ought to be with God. Now, there are some things they just know. Don't even ask Daddy that because there ain't no way. We ought to understand that about God too. There's some things just don't even ask because you know it ain't right. But we can come boldly to God. You know, that's something that I have learned to enjoy about my prayer time. Is that I can I can just boldly now listen, there's power in knowing that one word. Boldly. Understand it today. I don't have to be ashamed. When I have sinned, I don't have to be ashamed. I can come to God and say, God, forgive me. Boldly. I don't don't have to creep and crawl up to God and say, Oh, God, look what I've done. and and, uh, Just afraid He's about to hit you or something. You don't have to come to God like that. You need to be repentant of what you've done. But you can come boldly to the throne of grace, seeking mercy. You know, I don't know a lot of other religions that would teach you this. A lot of religions, people people live their entire lives not sure 
of what's going to happen when they die. But we have boldness. Prayer is an essential part of your Christian life. That is the place that you can learn to build your boldness. That boldness spills over into the rest of your life. But you've got to develop it in a prayer time between you and God. Listen, spending time in prayer with God is not only where you learn who God is, but it's it's where you learn who you are in Christ. When you begin to see answers to your prayers, when you begin to see God move in yours and other people's life because of your prayers, you begin to see that I mean something to God. I'm I'm important. You know, a lot of us have low self-esteem in our Christian lives. You may be the most bold and arrogant person in this world, but you feel insignificant. But listen, like I've just been telling you over and over again, God cares about you. He is concerned about you. The Word tells us that the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. God cares about your prayers. The closer you get to God, the more you'll feel like you belong to Him. When you know where you stand with God, you'll see there is a reason to have boldness. As we preached last week, you're the head, not the tail. You're above and not beneath. So let's make this a house of prayer. Let's make sure that people, when they see us and they say, what church do you go to? And you say, I go to a community full gospel church in Kennard. They say, oh, I've heard about that church. I've heard how when people will ask for prayer, man, things just happen. Oh, that's what I want to see happen. I want people to, I want us to have a reputation of being a house of prayer. I think we're going to make some changes in that direction. Listen, y'all need to spend some time in prayer. I I would ask that y'all would spend time in prayer for our church services before you come to church. It don't take hours. Listen, you can spend 10 or 15 minutes in prayer. Before you come to church, that will not only prepare you to hear the Word, but it will help prepare me as well. Pray for me. I, 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 I covet your prayers, I promise you. And I know there's many of you that do pray. But listen, this needs to be, when you come into this place, you need to be expecting see, to see something happen. If, if you don't have the faith to see something happen, why did you bother coming? If you're not expecting to see God move and expecting to hear this wonderful Word that He has given us, why did you bother coming? If you don't expect to see answers to your prayers, why do you bother praying? 